Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to episode 386 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we're going to spend our time focusing on the movie Black Adam, a, a mediocre DCEU film, which is, is pretty much what the vast majority of the DCEU films have been, in my own humble opinion. The only film that I really honestly think has any value to it whatsoever, uh, as far as the extended universe of DC, is, is the first Shazam movie. I'm just going to be honest there. And the question, though, that we're going to be talking about and answering tonight is, will Black Adam make its money back? Is it really a box office hit? There is no denial that the movie's opening weekend far exceeded the expectations of what many of these so-called box office experts were saying, and it also was absolutely a slap in the face to the so-called critics who have been just tearing this film apart. Now, with all that being said, the movie's got problems. The, the movie has a lot of issues to it. It also has an even bigger problem, and that is a Major financial problem in the fact that it cost $200 million to produce the film before you even take into, account, take into account marketing. And an even bigger problem when you look at the fact historically, as far as films that have made the amount of money that this movie has made, right now you're looking at an initial range. Now, we'll have a much better idea next weekend. But right now, I would say the original or the initial range that I would put on this movie's worldwide prospects is somewhere between $400 and $430 million, which if that is going to be its end result, results in it being a financial failure and a financial flop. Now, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and that time. And of course, there are a lot of things numbers-wise that could happen internationally that are going to be different than some of the films that I'm going to compare it to. What I'm planning to do tonight is to show you, okay, what are the actual numbers as they stand now? How are they similar in various respects to previous films that opened to about the same amount of money domestically? And then also, where does this film stand with other films that opened either around the same amount of money right at the $140 million worldwide opening that this film had, even films that opened a little bit higher than the $140 million opening, and even those with a little bit of a lower opening as well, and seeing where those films ended up by the end of their run. Because I think historically, it is going to give us a, a pretty good metric, a pretty good early indication of where we can where we could see this film and its prospects going forward. Let me just put it this way. This film needs to have Top Gun Maverick level drops if it has any real chance or hope of its making its money back. And this ultimately comes down to it being a major Warner Brothers problem. This is something I've mentioned on many a box office breakdowns and something that I've mentioned several times. Warner Brothers has for the longest time had a, a spending problem. They've overspent on so many of their projects... And by overspending on their projects, they've put their films in positions where the chances of the film either making its money back or at the very least making a decent profit becomes that much more difficult. So we'll talk about that tonight and, of course, general movie talk discussions. I uh, haven't seen a whole lot uh, since the last uh, film, of course, I saw in theaters, which was Black Adam. 
I was able to watch uh, Eye in the Sky from back in 2015. I loved it when I first saw it, loved it again the second time. I'm planning to show that to my religion classes because I think it raises a very good ethical question, a very good ethical scenario. If you were in a position where you were asked to shoot a drone missile, basically, but you knew that there was a high risk, high chance of a innocent child being being torn up in the blast like what would you do uh would you do everything within your power to to try to disobey that order or do you obey orders and i think it will ultimately uh raise a lot of really interesting discussions i think in the class i was able to watch that movie i also uh just was able to start yesterday and i'm only about maybe 40 50 minutes into the movie I, i finally started watching the movie elvis and i'm gonna be honest I'm really not liking it so far. And and it comes down to a couple things. One, uh, Baz Luhrmann's style is just way too over the top. And though I think it's worked with films in the past that he's done, like Moulin Rouge, I, I don't think it's working with this one. I think it's just way too much. And I think one of the problems, in addition to that, as to why it's really not working for me, is because of freaking Tom Hanks. And this is something that I knew was going to happen from the very beginning when the trailers came out. He is eating up the scenery in every single scene that he is in. And so far, again, this far into the movie, the movie's supposed to be about Elvis, and yet the film is is clearly about the colonel. And and maybe some people are gonna try and say, well, from the beginning, they on um, you know, from the outset, they try to make it clear that this is about the colonel. However, I want to see this 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 butler kid give a performance because he's doing great. But every single time, I'm like, okay, this is really nice. This is really cool. All of a sudden, you have Tom freaking Hanks coming back in, just overacting and giving one of the worst performances that I've seen in, in quite some time. So <laughs> let's just say I'm not I'm not liking Elvis at this point in time. Uh, but before we get any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button. Light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And smash the rumble button as we're streaming on all three platforms tonight. Let's go ahead and say hello to King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. How you going? How, how you going? How you doing, good sir? And also, Abomination is also hanging out over on Odyssey. Thank y'all both for being here. Uh, we got a couple of super donations. First off, we got the old guard who is cashing in on his 12-month membership super chat, saying, "I enjoyed it." Talking here, I assume about Black Adam, 6.3 out of 10. That's very specific. Would even give it a higher score if not for bad motion capture in parts and bad GFX for Sabic. Yeah, I think you're definitely being incredibly generous with with the score. Don't get me wrong; there's parts of the movie that I definitely find enjoyable. But in general, it comes across as just a bit of a mess, uh, a bit of a mess, a bit of a mess narratively. The fact that The Rock is continuing to play the character of The Rock again, this is something that is is always a detriment to the movies that he does. Sometimes that persona works uh, better than others, depending on the movie that it is. And ultimately, I think a lot of people might be, as far as the general audiences are concerned. I think a lot of people might be a lot more heavily impacted by the Henry Cavill, uh, you know, part of this conversation than anything else. It, it kind of reminds me somewhat of Rogue One, where a lot of people liked Rogue One, but when you ask people, oh, what was your favorite part or what was one of your favorite parts, most of the time the response was that Darth Vader scene. And it's like, yeah, but those moments don't make the movie. Th- those moments don't take away 
from from the other issues that exist within it. And regardless of how I or anyone else feels about Black Adam, the numbers, I think, are going to be painting a pretty bleak picture, to be perfectly honest. Uh, again, this this film is going to have to have a very impressive second weekend showing and is going to have to be able to continue to show very strong drops from week to week to week. And uh, it has a chance to do it. I mean, it's got really no competition until mid-November anyway. But I'm glad that you liked it, The Old Guard. Definitely don't want to take away from anyone's enjoyment of it. Also, Big Raj, thank you very much for the super sticker. Thumbs up. I appreciate that very, very much. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the chat. Uh, Master of Gaming says, which horror genre do you dislike more? Anti-racism horror movies, Get Out, or Exorcism movies? I don't like either. Uh, Lance Mala, I just binge-watched the last seven episodes of the OMB podcast on Patreon, and I have one major recommendation. You need to vertically hang your Whiplash movie palettes on your shelving units. Yes, I, I need to figure out a way to to hang it. I, I think that I might try to do something with like a push pin and have it hanging just like above my head. I just lack the motivation to do so, but I appreciate you uh, checking out those previous episodes of the OMB podcast. If you are a member at the Army of Asgard level and above on Patreon or Subscribestar, or if you are a member on Locals, you get access to those podcasts. And if you are a member at the Keeper of the Bifrost level on YouTube, if you go to the Community tab, you actually get access to the video version of that podcast. And uh, yeah, me and John Flickinger have a lot of fun talking with each other. We're going to try and do an episode this week. I'm still waiting on him to respond and confirm because uh, there's really not a lot of time I got this week to record anything. As I am planning at this point, I figured I'd also, I guess, announce this early on. I am planning to make my way down to Orlando this weekend. It won't be for long. I'm literally driving in to get into Orlando Saturday evening. So late afternoon, evening. Not sure exactly what will be going on. Do the meeting. Uh, do, going to Mass, of course, first thing Sunday morning as it is the Feast of Christ the King. So trying to find myself a, a nice traditional Mass early in the morning. And then we'll go to the two meetups, and I will either leave halfway through the second meetup or at the very end of the second meetup, so that way I can get back to the Chattanooga area and uh, with enough time to get a full night's sleep. <laughs> That's my ultimate goal, because I got school on Monday, and, and I'm not missing work. Uh, as, much as, I, as much as I love the people, um, as we always know, God comes first, family, and then uh, work. So, uh, just another red shirt. Thank you for upgrading your membership to the Army of Asgard level on YouTube. Appreciate it. Cacao and Cookies Minion, hail to you. Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? What is going on? Appreciate you being here. Just another red shirt is saying hello, hello, hello. Father Luca, congratulations on defense of your thesis. A successful success of your thesis. Orange Hair Views as a member says, I've watched Spinning Heads and Pea Soup, so now I'm setting down for a nice stream and some nice company. How are you, Odin? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. Some spinning heads and pea soup, you say. Intriguing. Intriguing, intriguing. I imagine that you're talking about the exorcist. Because <laughs> isn't it pea soup that they used uh, for the uh, vomit effects, if I'm not mistaken? I only watched the film once, and that's about all that I really need. Uh, by the way, WG had also donated 10 minutes ago via Streamlabs donation. Thank you again, WG, for your incredible generosity. Uh, $100, $100 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Says Odin, keep up the great reviews. All of the best. Thank you very much for that, man. Yeah, if you didn't check out the video from today, I did a review of the Top Gun Maverick Blu-ray. I got access early 
to the Blu-ray. This is going to be released. Some people might get it October 31st. Some people might not get it until November 1st, All Saints Day. And um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this release. And the I think the, the biggest takeaway for me from that review, if you want to find out more about the reviews and special features, check out that video. But the biggest takeaway that I will share from that here is that this movie holds up on a smaller screen. That was one of my biggest concerns. I knew that this film looked amazing on IMAX when I saw it. I didn't know if it was going to translate as well. This film, though definitely is much more of an appropriate IMAX experience, no doubt about it, the fact that it also holds up on a smaller screen is definitely a, a major win because it means that not only do you have those amazing visual effects, you also have enough story-wise going on to be able to carry the story for uh, carry the story forward, the fact that even um, that even my wife was was very on edge as they were doing all of these aerial shots, uh, kind of I think shows to that very fact. All right, we got Morak in the chat. What's going on? Giggles and bits in the chat. We got Shlora, the modern major general of the channel. Hail to you, Gary Banjo Sandwich says. Horror Night with two episodes of Cabinet of Curiosities, never heard of it, and movie Barbarian, heard a lot of good things about that from Nathan Slay, all good scary fun. Well, glad that you were having a lot of fun there. Rob D., what is going on, Bruce? Hail to you. Master of Gaming says, I think Black Adam will make its money back. All right, well then, let's go ahead then, with that comment being made and being mentioned, let's go ahead then. And uh, bring that uh, bring that point up, and I'll get to the comment on Rumble, and then also to the rest of the comments on YouTube. Let, let's talk about it because I don't think people are quite understanding how much money Black Adam needs to be able to make from this point going forward, and just how unlikely it is ba- based off of other historical standards. Now, I want to make this caveat: I recognize and understand that the films that this movie is going to be compared to are not the same. However, when we look to the fact that they've opened to either the same amount of money or to very similar amounts of money, it is, I think, worth bringing into the conversation this early on. As I always say, the weekend number two is the main one I look to, as the vast majority of films make somewhere between half or 70% of the entirety of their box office in the first two weeks. There are sometimes situations, like with Top Gun Maverick, where it makes much more than that, right? The first two weeks account for roughly 30% of what Top Gun Maverick ended up making, but it also had historic-level holds from week to week. There's also the caveat that, though Black Adam does not have a China release date as of this day, the chances of it getting a China release is still a possibility. And if that is going to be the case, then that could very well play a role in these uh, these words and these predictions that I'm going to be trying to make. Uh, that I'm going to be trying to make. That I'm going to be trying to make. So let's go ahead and pull up the the news report screen right here. There we go. And I will be getting again to any comments and super chats. But here's the first one I want to bring up. All right, I brought this up in my talk about the box office from this past weekend. So, Black Adam up against Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Well, why am I doing that? Well, first off, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, notice, made $72 million domestically in its opening weekend versus Black Adam's $67 million. Uh, More importantly is the fact that Black Adam's $140 million is very similar to the amount of money that was made 
by Sonic the Hedgehog, which made $141 million in its opening weekend. All right. So, with that starting point of $140 million, let's say we see similar numbers in other markets, similar drop-offs in those markets as well, between Black Adam and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that they are somewhat matching each other in like-for-like markets. Okay, well, where did Sonic the Hedgehog 2 end up? Okay, it ended roughly around $399 million. Actually, no, sorry. Scratch that, reverse it. It ended roughly around $400 million. All right, just roughly around $400 million. It says $399 up there, but I believe the final number by the end of it was around $402 million. If I can pull this chart back up, yeah, 402.6. All right, but as he said, as I said, the worldwide total here, not just the domestic, the worldwide total was about the same. So internationally, domestically, it was doing about the same numbers. And if, therefore, Black Adam has similar drops and similar numbers and metrics to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, it's looking at a cap then of around $400 million. All right, that's where I'm getting that uh, metric from. All right, but let's say, okay, maybe we need to look at some other movies. All right, let's look at Fantastic Beast. All right, this movie had a much stronger opening with $192 million. Now, it also had an insane drop because the movie was terrible. And yet, this $192.3 million movie was still able to, guess what? Get to around $400 million worldwide. So even though this film had a higher worldwide number than Black Adam, it still only ended up around $40 million. And again, the reason why, stronger opening weekend, bigger drop-offs. Okay, so now we're seeing a bit of a scale here, right? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 kind of being this median. Fantastic Beast showing, okay, if this film has very high drop-offs, what can we possibly expect from the film going forward? Let's look at another movie that was very close worldwide opening. Okay, let's look at Uncharted. Uncharted opened to $139 million worldwide. All right, by the end of its run, guess where it ended up? Oh, look at that. $401. $0.1 million. Hopefully, you're starting to see a bit of a trend that the films that have opened up to this number or very close to this number have pretty much all ended roughly around 100, or rather, sorry, roughly around the $400 million mark. Now, let's go back even further in time. Let's go back to Eternals. That opened up to 161.7. All right, so around the same amount, all right, on the same playing field in a certain respect as it. Opened into 161, had terrible reviews, had a terrible box office drop, and where did that film end up? Wait a minute, $400 million. Okay. Again, the trend is continuing here. Let's see. Can we find anything else in that 140 to $160 million range that we can look to? Black Widow. Y'all remember that film, right? 158.8. Worldwide opening. Where did that film end up? 378. Now, obviously, there's some factors as to why the film came in under $400 million, but when you round up, roughly $400 million. Okay, let's try maybe go back in time even a bit further, maybe to the pre-pandemic time. Maybe we'll start to see some other numbers, some other metrics that we can actually look to. Let's look at Tark. Let's look. Let's look to Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator Woke Fate made $123 million in its opening weekend. That film ended up, (laughs) to no one's surprise, at $250 million by the end of its run. Here is the point of all of this. The point of this is to show you, when we look at these films, in a very similar situation as far as the opening weekend is concerned, 
the end result ends up being almost exactly the same, right? Dark Fate is an example of the movie coming in underneath where Black Adam is and also had such tremendous drop-offs because of such backlash, it makes complete sense as to why this film ended up not making anything on top of what it had already made. So when you look to these numbers, when you look to what we have on this chart, right? Even Shang-Chi, 127.6. That film actually had decent word of mouth. Guess what? That film actually ended up making $431 million. So that's another film that's going to be in this in contention here. So if we start to see Black Adams week to week drops being better than Sonic, then we'll need to put it up against Shazam. And then if we see that it's having similar numbers to that, okay, now we have ourselves a better a bit of a better metric. Now, of course, we have to add in the caveat of, well, remember that Shang-Chi did very well domestically, not as well internationally. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, we see a bit of a mix. We do expect for the movie uh, Black Adam to do much better internationally than domestically. But the film needs to make $500 million worldwide, right? It needs to make $500 million worldwide. And that's absolutely possible, right? Look at Venom 2. Venom 2 made $103.9 million in its opening weekend. By the end of its run, it ended up making $500 million, just over. But also, Venom 2, <laughs> bit of a uh, mixed bag, to say the very least. Bit of a mixed bag. Let's see if we can find some other films that are making around the $500 million mark that this movie, Black Adam, would also need to make. Let's see if we can find another film at comparison or to be able to compare it to to have an idea. As you can see, there really aren't a whole lot of films. Let's see if we find a film that made a lot of money. The $750 million here. This film was made by Thor Love and Thunder. That opened to $302 million worldwide. Far above and beyond anything that Black Adam has. So, what does this mean? Well, we still need to wait for the actual numbers to come in, obviously. We still need to wait for the actual box office numbers for the weekend, uh, for the second weekend numbers to come in. But Black Adam needs to make $500 million by the end of its run. When you look at this film's opening weekend and you compare it to pretty much any other film that has a similar opening weekend, the cap looks like, or the range looks like, somewhere, tw- somewhere between $350 million at worst with really bad drops, and maybe $450 million tops. Could we see the movie end up doing much better than that, having Top Gun Maverick levels of drop? Yeah, sure. It's, it's, a, it's a possibility. But even Top Gun Maverick, right, having uh, drops of around 13%, still made $248 million in its opening weekend. Over $100 million more in its opening weekend. So even if the movie was able to have similar drops, you're still looking at a movie that has to do quite a heck of a lot if it's going to actually reach the point of making any type of profitability whatsoever. We need ourselves. We need rather to be very cautious about this because I've seen a lot of people, right, saying, hey, you know, this is throwing it in the face of the critics, which I think it is, but we don't want the cart before the horse, right? We need to recognize that this film, though, can absolutely be an overperformer and can definitely fly in the face of the critics who are complete shills and just complete 
you know, <laughs> moronic imbeciles, we can at the same time recognize that the movie still may not make its money back. A lot of factors at play. What say you? Let's go ahead and head over to the Rumble. Kincaid Rumshki says, uh, Did you see the video from Henry Cavill? Is he working on a Superman movie already? Any rumors? Not that I've heard of. I tend to not follow the rumor mill all that much um, on most of these things. But uh, it would not surprise me. Obviously, the big reveal within Black Adam is probably going to project that, I think, and would not be surprised if the week two numbers for Black Adam are actually strong. Keep in mind, many superhero films tend to drop, what, between 50 and 70% because most people go to see that those types of movies first weekend. And so if the movie has a, has a very typical... Uh, big budget, typical superhero movie drop, it's actually a really bad sign. Now, if we start to see it dropping 30% in the 30 to 40% range, okay, now we might be cooking with gas. You add into that the potential of Warner Brothers working with communist China. Again, nothing on the books as of right now, but it's always a possibility. If that is thrown into the, uh, the mix, then that changes the game quite a bit. But I'll have my official projections next weekend. And again, the reason why... I wait for week two is because, as I always like to say, the vast majority of movies make um, the, the vast majority of movies within the first two weeks of the release make somewhere between 50% of what their entirety will be or 70% of the entirety, meaning that they've made the vast majority of their money in 70%. They've made only half of the money they're going to make in 50%. And in rare cases, do you see them making more than that? But again, this movie has to do quite a lot if it has any hope of breaking even. It's not looking very good for this movie. It's not looking good. In that in this initial stage, it's not looking good. I'm just going to be honest about that. Based off of the historical standard, then that's the only thing I'm going off of in this case. This could very well be a movie that does so much better than expectations and does insane levels, right? And, and has uh, something that falls... Closer to a, a Knives Out, right? Which ended up well exceeding expectations, right? Its first two weeks only accounting for 30% of its entire box office. That's theoretically possible. But that's what it's going to need to do. It's going to need to do something that people don't expect it to do. Uh, so all we have is the number in front of us. And all we can do then is to look to other historical examples. And one other interesting point before uh, heading back into the chat to see what y'all have to say because I found this interesting for this to be uh, happening already, is that if you actually look to the Black Adam page for the domestic number, they already have the, uh, you know how they do the line and they're, they're covering where the movie is in comparison to where they expect it to be? This film is already below projections for the domestic market. Now, I find that very interesting. So again, their projections... They, 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 again, they explain it here, saying, The shaded area represents the expected performance range for a film based on its opening weekend. 95% of films fall within the shaded area. If a film trends towards the top end of the shaded area, it has good legs compared to the average movie. If it trends towards the bottom end of the shaded area, it has poor legs. The predictive area is based on movies from the past five years. So this movie, already based off of its Monday is already below the shaded area. It's not even within the shaded area. So right now, the film is actually not showing very good legs. 
Its legs are not looking that nice. And I know that's a fun image in your head, but hey, these are the numbers as they stand. And it's because you see here a 73% drop. That's definitely not the most dramatic of all, but it's a pretty massive one nonetheless. So the big question, is it going to be able to get enough positive goodwill from fans to go see the film multiple times, tell a lot of people, convince a lot of people to go see it or not? That is going to be the big question. And that's the big question that we're talking about tonight. Jacques Lesuave, who's hanging out over on Odyssey, says, How much do you think Adam of Color's success will inform DC's direction going forward? Are there any lessons to be learned from this, or are they effectively rudderless, possibly hoping to course correct with a new Cavill movie? Well, I think that the ending with Cavill is already getting enough positive reaction from fans that the new people who are in charge of Warner Brothers already look into that saying, Okay, we can probably make some money with that. And you've already seen them move in that direction. Remember that when it comes to Black Adam, this movie has been in the pipeline, has been in the works for a long time. If this movie came out five years from now, there's no way they would have put $200 million into it. It seems that the new regime in the, in the Discovery Warner Brothers merger is looking to spend a lot less money on their films, or at the very least, a little bit less money on their films. And my hope is, is that if this film ultimately ends up being a box office flop, which based on the current metrics seems likely, Weekend 2 will, will tell us for sure whether or not it's, it's trending well or not and, and how the legs are looking. But I think that what this film will do is it will either further confirm the concerns that are coming, you know, coming from the people taking over that, hey, we can't just be wasting money on these movies anymore. We need to actually be more smartly spending our money. Or it'll continue to kick the can down the road and continue to put out these massive, over-bloated, um, over-bloated movies that end up losing money because of how much they're spending on them. So, yeah, that's where I stand on that. Do I think there's going to be another Cavill movie? I think the fact that he is at the end of the movie, I think it's very likely. Even if this movie caps out in that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Shang-Chi level, one could try to argue that, well, maybe it can make some of that money back in Blu-ray sales and 4K sales, maybe to certain extents. But even if you're looking at the film only making $430 million, that's still, when you account for marketing, a, a pretty massive loss financially speaking. So we'll have to wait and see. Mr. Roy, hello. Back into the YouTube chat. Kimberly G, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. The R is in the chat. What's going on? I know. Let's not do that. That The Snyderverse is one of the problems. And again, I know there's a lot of Snyder fanboys out there, but the Snyderverse is ultimately one of the problems here. Because even though, yes, you had a very passionate group of people that loved the Snyderverse... It left a lot of people out. And when you isolated those many people and then you started to put forward movies that were also crap, (laughs) yeah, it didn't take long for those films to either barely be making their money back, making very small returns on their investment, or in, in more recent cases, outright being gigantic flop failures, like Wonder Woman 1984, for instance. Anyway. 
All right, back into the chat. Laura says, saw Black Adam this morning and quite enjoyed it, but maybe my expectations were low. Uh, Brosnan needs to do more movies. Yeah, I agree. And that's the problem is that Brosnan is probably one of the best parts of the movie. And something happens in the movie where you're like, okay, why? And yeah, so I think that's as much of a good point as it is. It's also a bad point. Rob D. Hello, Odin. I think Black Adam could have had a bigger box office if Warner Brothers didn't put so many bad DCEU films out. The MCU proved that you can make lesser-known character a star. That's just the thing, though, is that the MCU was started off... Uh, the MCU was started very smartly prior to Disney taking over. They made movies... Because I, I, I remember going to see this with my friends who were comic nerds. They initially made movies that appealed to both comic nerds and also to general audiences. Over the course of its development, especially once Disney took over, they started to ignore the comic book side and focus solely on the new normies. And now, they've gotten so full of themselves, they're making movies with agenda items that a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, okay, I'm starting to get the message. I'm starting to, to, to recognize that there's some problems here. But keep in mind... Even a bad movie like Doctor Strange 2 still made over $900 million worldwide. Because MCU, Disney, they have a built-in fan base. And they are able to motivate that fan base with very little effort. Whereas with the DCEU, yes, you've got a very small, passionate fan base. But even amongst the fan base, you've got some division. And then you pretty much don't have any of the normies. That make up most box office receipts when it comes to uh, when it comes to the you know massive budget films like this, right? As 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 important as the hardcore fans are in repeat viewings and all that stuff, when it comes to these global movie releases, if you're not able to appeal to a general audience member, it's it's hard to sell something, and that's something that DC has always failed at, has always struggled with. That's why it took it took them all the way till Aquaman to get their first billion dollar film, and yeah, and and don't bring up Joker because Joker, from what we have been told at the very least, is not a part of the DCEU. There's nothing wrong with DC comic movies, right? DC comic movies have shown themselves to be successful. Look at the Nolan Batman trilogy. Look at the film like Joker. But other than Aquaman's billion dollar film i mean a lot of the other movies when you break down the numbers it's not nearly as impressive as you would think characters of that caliber should be and i think a big thing that kept them down was snyder's vision let's see forever sci-fi hail to you thank you very much for being in the chat uh thank you again Let's see. John Evan Bear says, just watch John Carpenter's The Thing in theater on Sunday. It's one of my favorite horror movies. What is your go-to horror movie? Uh, by the way, that is a very good one. Uh, so shout out to The Thing. Uh, very well made John Carpenter movie. Uh, again, I'm not much for horror movies. If I had to pick a, a scary movie, I guess I go more thriller. So what comes to mind immediately is a movie like Psycho. As far as for the Halloween season, I tend to watch comedies. So the Addams Family live actions... From the 90s, those are great. As far as actual horror movies or more traditional scary movies, I think Trick or Treat's fun. Uh, let's see. Brian Barth, hail to you. Thank you for joining in the chat. Appreciate you. 
All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Again, please make sure you smash that like. It looks like some comments may have been skipped. It's 7.05 in the chat. I don't think I was too far behind. But anyway, Fletcher, what's going on? Welcome back. Laura says, there is just something meh about DC's CGI. They really aren't trying. I think that's a very good point. Early days MCU CGI was actually pretty good. It, it was actually pretty pretty well established. DC CGI, as you said, there's always been something seemingly off about it in different respects. So I, I don't know if that's just the technology, if that's just the, the graphics department that they've had. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think you have a good point there for sure. Rob D, I agree with you on Warner Brothers spending problem. They got super lucky with Elvis. Austin Butler's performance saved that movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That movie was 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 meant to be a, a massive flop, and that's why I want to say, right? I'm always very honest. There are times where, where, where even I, even the great Odin, can be wrong. It happens. It definitely happens. Now, let me see if I can find the... Uh, let me see if I can find the numbers for Elvis. Man, it's hard to believe that the film... Do I even have... Did I even track that movie? Is, I think, the ultimate question. There it is. So, yeah, Elvis only opened to $50 million worldwide. $50 million worldwide. By the end of its run... Again, it was expected to, to be a flop. It made $281 million. So, again... Not a whole lot of money, but enough for it to make $41 million in net profit. So it went from having a range of a $30 million loss to an $8 million gain to to doing even better. And again, going back to those numbers. And that's because the first two weeks accounted for 40% of its total. As I said, my metrics are based off of most films falling somewhere between 50 and 70%. First two weeks compared to final result, to final number. And if anyone's wondering, you know, what's the, you know, the, the reason behind the madness of this, I've broken this down in many videos past, but what I will say is that I've actually, at the very bottom of my charting, I actually give an all-round average. And if you look to the average rate, the average percentage of all films' first two weeks compared to their end result, guess what the average is? 59%. So, on average, films make around 60% of all films make about 60% of the entirety of their total within the first two weeks of their release. So as you can see, there is absolutely a reason for my madness. There's absolutely uh, numbers and science to, to back it up. But that means that there are exceptions too, right? You will see some movies on my charting that are in the 30s. So you'll see some movies on my charting that are in the 70s or even in the 80s. Right, of films that are really bad, or other films that are just fantastic and excellent. It's not an exact science. But that's why at this point, with only one week and only one week's worth of numbers, all I can do is go based off what other films have done historically. We need to get more data before I, before I can make any type of definitive statement of where this film has a chance. And I will gladly, in the future... Once next week, when next weekend comes out, even say, okay, let's say this film does insanely well and gets to 30%. Where does that mean the end result is? Or, hey, what, you know, if this film is, is getting to 40%, like I mentioned with Elvis, okay, 
what numbers are we talking about there? So, yeah, I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to say the least. It's got that room to do it. The question is, is does it have the word of mouth? And right now, the word of mouth just seems to be quite mixed. Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey says, Speaking of lesser-known Marvel characters, am I just living under a rock, or is there hardly any buzz for the new Ant-Man trailer? Which, surprisingly enough, doesn't seem like a total, utter trash movie. Just ever so slightly trash. Yeah, I remember hearing that the trailer was released, and you know what my immediate thought was? Oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> good good for you. I think the only reason why I knew about it as well is as I have a... Uh, it's a... Android, it's an NVIDIA Shield. And so it'll give you recommendations when you're on the home screen. It was mentioned on that home screen. That's the only reason why I knew that that trailer had been released. And I've still not watched it. I just I just have no real desire. Input latency. Time to say hail and God bless peeps. Today's a good day. It is indeed a good day. And again, please, uh, if you have a comment or question, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, it lets me know you're trying to get my attention. TNT King 246 is watching over on Rumble. Hey, King Kane Rumsky, you got you've got some people watching over there with you today. Again, if you have a comment or question, at Odin at the very beginning of your comments, and I promise to get to it when I can. Uh, Steven, tag to say, uh, your thoughts that Disney called out Kathleen Kennedy to stop announcing upcoming Star Wars projects. I didn't see that news story, didn't actually read it myself, so I don't know if that's just the headline or if that's what was actually said. I would, of course, want to check the sourcing on that before I were to make an actual comment on it. But right now we're focusing on box office. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, I tried watching Elvis, but just couldn't get into it. Yeah, from the very get-go, since it is mostly a a film that is run by Tom Hanks and and a very cringy character, and I understand that he's supposed to be cringy because he is in real life, there's a difference to me between you're fitting the character well and no, 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 you're just cringe and I'm uncomfortable watching because the performance is bad. Right, it's one thing if the performance is cringy and the character is supposed to be, and so therefore there's this perfect matchup. Versus, oh no no no, I can't get past that fat suit you're clearly wearing because it looks very unnatural on you. <laughs> uh, let's see, Snorta Poopas Cuber, what's going on? Says hello, homans and other quitters. How is it going? Father Lucas says I almost forgot to like the stream. Shame on me. How dare you? How dare you, Father Luca? You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicado. You left me no choice, Father Luca. You left me no choice. WG, what's going on? Thank you again for that very, very generous donation. Uh, Low Watermark donated on Streamlabs for $25. Thank you very much, uh, Low Watermark. I always appreciate your support, man. Says, hi, Odin. Thank you. Appreciate it. For those who donated on YouTube, I will be getting to y'all quickly. As quickly as I can. Uh, John Evan Bear, I thought Black Adam is a fun movie, but it is not a movie I would go back to the theaters like Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, and that's why Top Gun Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick did as well as it did, right? Falling into the 30s as far as its its first two weeks in comparison, because not only was it a great film that people saw multiple times, it was also a great film that had such positive word of mouth that there were people who were either on the fence who then said, oh, I hear it's good, let me go see it, or two, people who had no interest in it and then just heard nothing but nonstop praise for it and said, well, now I have to see this movie. And ergo, it did. By the way, to the 80 people watching on YouTube, I love you. And I appreciate you choosing to be here. 
Steven Titus say, now that Henry Cavill's back being Superman, do you think, uh, do you have hope that the DCEU can get back on track and be better than the MCU? Well, to be better than the MCU really shouldn't be hard. And yet the DCEU has just never been able to, to find its niche. It needs a showrunner. It needs a, a talented Kevin Feige. It needs a more talented Kevin Feige who's apolitical. If they can find an apolitical guy who's vastly superior to Kevin Feige, then yes, I, I would say that they would. I know that a lot has been said about Zasloff, but to me, so far, based on what little I've heard of him, it seems that he's much more of a numbers guy, which I appreciate as a numbers guy. But ultimately, I think he's going to be much more in charge of the business end of things, less so the creative end of things. I could be wrong on that. But I think that, is there a chance? Sure, technically, there's a chance of anything happening. But Henry Cavill being back as Superman, it is definitely a step in the right direction because the hardcore fans are going to be happy. The hardcore fans are going to be happy. But I mentioned this in one of my videos uh, talking about the box office that Maybe this would be enough to drive people to go see Black Adam, knowing that that scene's in there. And yet I had someone right away say, no, 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 I would much rather find that clip online from the comfort of my own home and just watch it then. So, uh, again, do I think that his presence is going to drive more people out to see the movie? Yes. But because it's only a short segment and not a bigger part of the movie... Now, if they, here's the thing. Imagine if Black Adam surprised everybody by, by pulling a No Way Home, right? Where it, it's a Black Adam movie, but then all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, who comes in? Henry Cavill's Superman. That, that, if they had done that, and they had kept it either under wraps or very mysterious, like they did with, um, with the Spider-Man film with, with No Way Home, Oh my goodness, I would be saying, no, 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 that film would have made much more opening weekend, and the chances of that film making even more, I think, have now just skyrocketed. But it wasn't that. It, w- it was Black Adam's movie. It, w- it was The Rock's movie. And-, and that is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your opinion of The Rock, either personally or as an actor or as just a general personality. Uh, and I've always thought he was okay. But... That's what they could have done. Because you add all of that in with the amazing performance in the film with the character of Dr. Fate. Man, I think at that point, you have yourself the formula. But that's why this movie, Black Adam, it just shows they just don't have the people behind their movies who have the creative, um, the creative style to be able to put forth not only good movies... But, but but movies that are actually worth remembering. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, action-packed Black Adam, if you like story, it is lacking. Yeah, exactly, right? If you like CGI action, and that's all, t- again, I, you all know my opinions on, on CG. I don't think the CGI is atrocious in Black Adam, but it's definitely not great. For $200 million especially, they should have had, it, it should have looked far superior the fact that I can think about a couple of other uh, Dwayne Johnson movies that had probably lesser budgets and yet the CGI looked even just a little bit better and even a little bit more crisp is, is kind of already a sign that they are just overspending. And, and I just don't think it's returning their investments on it. Uh, one commandment, what's going on? 
Let's see, Soul Assassin. Wait, is this a spoiler chat? Well, here's the thing. I feel that the the, the biggest thing about the movie, which is the mid credit scene, if you haven't heard about it, even if you've been invo- even if you've been avoiding spoilers, you, you must have literally been in a coma. <laughs> I mean, come on. So yeah, I'm not really protecting as too many of the spoilers from from Black Adam at this point because there really aren't a whole lot of spoilers in there, to be honest. Just another red shirt who is a member says, funny fact, the Monty Python crew gave Bob Hoskins the award for the best performance as Bob Hoskins. I think it was for who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh man, that's great. I I will say though, Bob Hoskins has a lot more range than they should have given him credit for. I looked to that performance and then I looked to him as Smee. Oh, so good. Laura says, to me, The Rock normally plays the hero good guy, so this seems like a bit of a different role for him. Not very different, but different a bit. Different role, yes. Same personality, if that makes sense. Right? It's still The Rock playing The Rock, except now instead of being the hero, he's the anti-hero. So, I definitely get your point. Favorite sci-fi. Vader could have gotten the plans back easily, but he was too busy showboating. Ah, yes. One of the reasons why, for me, Rogue One was just... uh, not nearly as good as people remember it to be. Slice of Neons, what is going on? Welcome. Nathan Slay, hello to you. Says, since you don't like supernatural films, what do you think of Sam Raimi's OG Evil Dead 2? Or Evil Dead uh, film. So, I am not a fan of the first Evil Dead because it's a bit more on the horror side. So, I don't like it. It's not that I, th- I, don't, it's not that I think it's a bad movie. It's just that I don't like it because it's not my, my genre. Evil Dead 2 falls more into the comedy sphere and dark comedy sphere. So, I like that one. And then Army of Darkness is just phenomenal. Um, I mean, I I literally bought the 4K steelbook for that one because I love Army of Darkness. Like that that to me is great because when you're able to mix horror with comedy and then have that like black comedy style, I love it. That's why I'm very excited. Uh, right now, I'm still planning to on Thursday go see. It's a film I believe called The Banshees of Ish, uh, of Ishirin, and it's a black comedy by the same dude that did In Bruges. And Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are back. They were the two stars of In Bruges. And they're, they're in another black comedy. Very excited. Rob D, my favorite thing about Rogue One will always be the Battle of Scarif. Rogue One did right what the land of Battle of Endor did wrong. We finally got to see re- regular rebel soldiers shine. Yeah, it's just still... Uh, WG, oh, glad to hear that you'll be in Orlando. Yeah, hopefully to see you there. Far Lucas says, so Black Adam is another new movie, not worth watching. Hmm. I think I'll watch good movies from the past. For example, Frasier's Mummy. Yeah, I would definitely say rewatching The Mummy, far superior to Black Adam. See, whereas I would be saying, if we were talking about Top Gun Maverick, I'd be like, no, 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 you need to go see this movie. It's phenomenal. Whereas if we're talking about Black Adam, I would say, if you have, if it's a matinee for $5 and you really want to see it, sure. That, that's pretty much where I stand. Just the red shirt. Yes, I figured that that was what was being talked about with the Exorcist. Dan Crane, what is going on? Welcome. Just the red shirt says, I pre-ordered the Top Gun Maverick 4K Steelbook way back when it hit Amazon. Still waiting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. It's not been released yet. So, so if anyone came in late, I was... Uh, so, again, shout out to Paramount. They sent me this early to review. I put the review out earlier today. The official release, the physical media release of this is technically October 31st, November 1st. So, so All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day, this film will actually get the physical release 
Um, so uh, some people might get it in the mail on Halloween. Some people might get it in the mail on uh, on New Year. <laughs> I was gonna say New Year's on All Saints Day. So um, yeah, I I pre-ordered two of the 4K Steelbooks from Best Buy, so those should be coming in. Also, for anyone who missed out on the 4K Steelbook for uh, Maverick for Top Gun Maverick, and you're a collector, uh, I just found this out actually from someone in the comment section on one of my videos. So Walmart has their own version of the 4K Steelbook. Theirs actually comes with a magnetic lenticular cover. And the price actually isn't all that bad, I would say, for a, for a brand new 4K movie. So I, I, I pre-ordered three of those bad boys uh, to, to have for giveaways. Um, because it's a movie I think that people should see. Nathan Slay, I know everyone's considering Maverick the best movie of the year, but honestly, I think it has some competition from both Barbarian and everything, everywhere all at once. Again, everything, everywhere all at once is, is a good movie. Definitely a good movie. It, it just doesn't hold a candle to um, to Maverick. Maverick is a movie that's not just a good movie. It's also a fun movie. You know, everything, everywhere all at once, it's entertaining and it's very well done. But as far as rewatchability, which I think is is a very key factor, I mean, Top Gun Maverick easily takes that one. Great Wuda, what's going on? Father Lucas says, numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, oh, I'm okay with skipping Black Adam. Just give me Super Mar- Superman uh, movie, Warner Brothers. Yeah, give a Henry Cavill Superha- Superman movie that's not directed by Zack Snyder and actually has a competent director who can actually make good creative decisions. You might actually have yourself a hit then. Let's see. Sonora Poopa says, my favorite part of Rogue One was leaving the theater and driving home. I feel you there. Great Wood Attack say, it's sad that I watched both Daniel Craig and Prius Pierce Brosnan die in the movie theater in almost one year's time. I know. I know, right? Uh, Orange Reviews, who's been a member for 28 months, is cashing in on one of his free super chats. Says here, I have seen ghosts and goblins, werewolves and vampires, but never. I have seen a dog dressed as a cat and a cat dressed as a dog for Halloween until now. Oh, man. Blanking. Blanking, blanking, blanking on that one. But I appreciate the message. Your average patriot nerd, hail to you. Thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, In Black Adam, his son, in the film, Grown Up is the sitcom Ron, is the sitcom Rock from Young Rock TV series. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. They definitely have a lot of similarities with one another. Uh, let's see. Tina is freaking out over the numbers. It's never too early. Father Lucas says, 400 million? Ah, that sounds like a conspiracy. Really? A conspiracy, you say? Justin Redshirt says, no wonder I don't have any content on my channel. I write software to crunch numbers like this. (laughs) Uh, well, there you go. Nathan Slay, my friend, 2019, when Joker and Knives Out... And many others came out literally feels like a long time ago. Yeah, it's insane how long it has been. Uh, Kimberly G. I like the Jumanji films. He was good, but I love Jack Black being the pretty girl. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was definitely a good uh, a good play on it. The first Jumanji... So, the first reboot, uh, technically the second of the Jumanji films, I thought was surprisingly good. I, I, had, I had no expectations for that movie. It ended up being surprisingly good. The follow-up, the third film in the Jumanji uh, series, was not nearly as good. It was fun from time to time, but... 
Harvick says, I wish Dwayne Johnson had committed to playing Black Adam as a villain for at least one movie before turning into an anti-hero. It'd be nice to see him stretch his range a bit. See, again, even if he was playing the even if he was playing the villain, though, he's playing it the same way he would play any other character. Just because he's not smiling as much and doesn't have as many kind words to say doesn't really change much of his performance. Uh, he doesn't have as much range. Uh, Rosie G, what's going on? And thank you for being here. Hardwick says, Colonel Jinker said that Black Anther box office numbers will be Warner Brothers' litmus test for what happens with David Zaslov. If it's a hit, Zaslov gets more control. If not, he gets less or worse. Well, I, again, I that is so. Hardwick, that doesn't make any sense. Why is Black Adam going to be Zaslov's uh, make or break, basically, when? To my knowledge, the money that was spent and the production budget that was given to Black Adam would have predated Zaslav. That doesn't make any sense if that's the case. Now, if I'm getting my years wrong, if Zaslav was a part of the decision to spend $200 million on Black Adam, well then, yeah, uh, Black Adam not making its money back very likely, at least according to the initial numbers here, and looking at other films historically that opened up to similar numbers, um... But but yeah, if not, if, if this film and the budget and when it was filmed is prior to him, that makes no sense whatsoever. Jonathan Redshirt says, despite the 1970 Boston Bruins... Uh, Let's see, despite the 1970 Boston Bruins and I saw a game in person, my interest in hockey tends to be limited in the movie Miracle. Miracle is a great film. It's a very, very good film. Uh, I like Olympic hockey, but also I like sports in general when it's like the Olympics... Countries versus countries. It's fun. Let's see. Dan Blackwright says, You must align with the agenda, Odin. It's a success. Zaslav is saving Hollywood. The Rock loves the fans, and Henry Cavill means big box office success. Ah, yes, I must align myself with the talking points. No, I won't. I'm just going to be honest like I always am. And right now, the numbers are not showing that. But at the same time, the Zaslav connection... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would have to see when, when Zaslav... Uh, let me see. Let's see. David Zaslav, president and CEO. So da- he is American executive. Zaslav spearheaded the transition between AT&T Discovery to, combine, to create the combined Warner Brothers in April 2022. Okay. So that says 2022. Occupation CEO and president of Warner Brothers Discovery. American executive currently is the chief executive officer, president of Warner Brothers Discovery. He spearheaded it in 2022. Um, Let's see. He previously served as chief executive officer and president of Discovery beginning in November 2006, ending 2022. Yeah, okay. So, okay, no. So I'm going to call BS on that. All right, so I don't know where Critical Jinker was getting that information from, or if that if that was just his opinion, then that's one thing. But that does not make any logical sense. According to this information, he did not take over in any sense of leadership role of Warner Brothers until the merger in 2022. That means he had no role to play in the money that was spent on Black Adam. So to say that uh, the make or break for him is on a movie that he had no control over financially that doesn't make any sense at all so i'm i'm gonna call bs on that one now again if they're gonna hang him out the dry 
for a movie that he had no control over because that's just the way that they work. Okay, if that's how the business works, that's how it works. I'm just trying to say, if that is what they're going to hold against him, then they've shown themselves and they've shown their hands that they are incompetent. (laughs) Because how can you blame him for something that he had no control over financially? Your average patriot nerd, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you for being here. Mike Jackson, uh, they're asleep. They're they're in here. They're just they're they're asleep on their on their puppy beds. So <laughs> don't worry, they're still here. All right, chat jumped on me like it always does. Hopefully, no comments were skipped on the way back up. Though, let's get to the son of Red Fox. He's been very patient. Thank you very much for the five dollars super chat saying. Don't normally get to catch your live streams, but I just want to say I appreciate your content and the worldview that you're coming from. Uh, DC greater than Marvel. Well, thank you very much, son of the Red Fox. For your uh, for your super chat and for your uh, for your words there, and for your appreciation, yeah. So I mean, look, I, I don't really like either DC or Marvel at this point in time, but I do think that you have amazing characters in the DC universe, and I think that they have just been very poorly run. So I think that because of Zaslav taking over as chief executive officer and, um. You know, as CEO and president of Warner Brothers Discovery in 2022, to me, you have to wait until the films that he's going to green light and the projects that he's going to have actual control over start to get released. And then when we start to actually get numbers and returns on that until that point to, to hold him accountable for things that he has nothing connected with doesn't make any sense. So, shout out to my Rumble Odyssey fam again. If anyone has a comment or question, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. You can, of course, also donate via stream, uh, Streamlabs donation, in which you circumvent Mama Susan, as Gary likes to say, uh, which is very appreciative. But uh, otherwise, you can just uh, tag. Harvey says, Odin in Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. Black Adam was voiced by Arnold Vosloo in Black Adam. His... He's played by Vaslu's The Mummy Returns co-star Dwayne Johnson. Interesting. The Old Guard. It's big. Why never should have happened. Wait, what? Uh, Zine Waters. I think Black Adam would also have done better if they'd introduced him with Shazam or during a Shazam movie. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we could have fantasy booked this so much better than what Warner Brothers did. I mean, if anything, what this is showing us is why you need someone like Zaslav saying to films like Batwoman, nope, you're gone. Or Batgirl, uh, boom, you're gone. Boom, you're gone, right? You basically need someone up there who's going to be cutting these projects because until, and this goes for Disney and uh, and all the other studios, but I would say that the two studios that are always the biggest losers when it comes to pure box office performance, so not taking into account anything else. The two biggest losers last couple years have been two people. All right? It's been Warner Brothers, not people, but corporations. Warner Brothers and Disney. They've been the biggest losers every single time. And the reason why? They put way too much and spend too, way too much money on their projects, and they get very little return, if any, on their investment. Kimberly G says, The Northman is on Amazon Prime. Hoping to watch it this weekend. Yeah, I did see that. I do want to give it another chance. I I came out of that film, watching it in theaters, not impressed, but I am willing to give it another chance. Popcast, what's going on, brother? I just saw you, Super Chat. I'll get to that uh, when it pops up 
in the chat so that way I can highlight it and give it the uh, the attention that it deserves. But shout out to the Popcast, hangs out on the Salty Podcast, Salty Nerd Podcast on uh, on Saturdays. I've been very, very happy and honored to have been invited to uh, be a part-time member of that panel. Uh, I'm going to try to make it uh, in the next couple of weeks if I can. But obviously this weekend... Uh, will be a little bit of a tricky thing because I do plan on being on the road to uh, <laughs> to uh, to Orlando. So I don't know if this Saturday I'm going to be able to make it work. Maybe I can. Who knows? Uh, Jeremy Zakowski tagged to say, Warner Brothers should abandon DCU and work something that would make money. I can't say you're wrong there. Hardwick, in Black Adam, the Justice Society's contentious conduct upon contact with conduct was conducive to conflict rather than constructive con- Okay, Hardwick, I appreciate the backstory, man, but it's going to go way over my head. So if I see another comment like that, I'm just going to have to go over it because it's just like, I just, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to actually process the information that you're giving me. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, I looked at the release schedule for November, December. Not one movie I want to see. Yeah, the only movie that I only recently found out was coming out that I'm actually excited for is coming out this Thursday. It's, I think, still going to be limited. But look up The Banshees of Insurin. Um, It is a movie starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. It's a black comedy. So if you like black comedies, because this is the same uh, trio, if you have uh, the two actors and then the same director as well, who did In Bruges, if you've seen In Bruges and you liked In Bruges, same group. Um, it looks like it's going to be good. So I'm quite, quite excited. Soul Assassin. Highly recommend Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein for a watch. Very good movie. I know I have it. I need to watch it at some point. Kimberly G. I love Army of Darkness and Cabinet of the Woods for comedy horror. Yes. Two great shouts there for sure. Let's see. Harwick says, I found it annoying when a Black Adam movie would pause every 20, 30 minutes for some character or another to deliver a long-winded speech about colonialism. Yeah, that's the other big problem, is that it also very clearly was pushing a political agenda. It, it could have absolutely been much more heavy-handed, but it was pretty there. Rob D, in other box office news, Bros is now sitting at the table with the 355 and the rhythm section. That is a fact. Oh, the box office losers. The box office losers. Where are they now? Hardwick. Watch trailer for Ant-Man movie. It looks pretty good, but at this point, I don't trust MCU. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that. I, I, rem- I, I remember. I don't know who said it. I remember back when Ant-Man and the Wasps trailer came out, and people said the same thing. Oh, it looks pretty good. But... Master Gaming, do you prefer Black Adam compared to most of Phase 4? I mean, keep in mind, Phase 4 consists of hours and hours and hours and hours of content that I can't get back, whereas Black Adam is one movie. So if you're saying, which would I rather watch, again, well, Black Adam's going to definitely win that one just out of time. Zion Waters, Tom Hanks, and Elvis. Am I the only one who hasn't liked Tom Hanks acting since the 80s? Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I mean, even his work in uh, Captain Phillips was vastly overrated. When he is going through that moment of having a panic attack at the end of the movie, it was very ham-fisted. The last good performance that at least comes to the top of my head that I enjoyed from him was Castaway. I think that's about it. 
Hardaway, did you watch Werewolf by Night? I thought it was the best thing MCU has made in a long time, but that's not saying much. It was decent, though. Yeah, I did. I finally watched Werewolf by Night, and I agree. Um, I thought the look and feel was cool. It didn't really have much else going for it. Um, it very clearly was a project that, I, and I think this is how it worked. They were trying to find something to basically hold the there were there was going to be a hole in the content they were releasing and so they're like oh we need to quickly get something together it felt like it was rushed it felt like they just randomly put it together and i um the 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 thing that really grinds my gears about that though about uh, werewolf by night is the acting of the matriarch of the family oh my goodness talk about cringe just very cringe over overacting to the point of pain uh yeah so it was okay it's not saying a whole lot though hardwick quintessa window cyclone surprised me i was expecting her to be annoying but she was very charming oh talking about from black adam yeah Cy- cyclone i thought was fine nothing memorable but was fine Remember sci-fi? I watched a couple of former military pilots review the flying scenes for Maverick. They ended up loving it, but it was fun watching them take those scenes apart. That's what makes YouTube fun. Yeah, and and that's why I appreciate the special features on Maverick because they actually show you the process that they use to film inside of those jets. You know, at first I thought they were just putting one camera in. They put six cameras so it was IMAX quality digital, so not nearly the same quality, but six IMAX cameras, level level quality cameras, into a military grade jet. That's impressive. If you want more thoughts and comments about the special features on Maverick, check out my video from earlier today. Uh, let's see, Master of Gaming. James Gunn is running the DCU. Yeah, I thought I saw that, but who's to say? Hardwick found Dr. Fate to be the best part of Black Adam. He's badly... Oh, he's so underused. There's no doubt about that. DCU definitely needs somebody with vision like Feige, but without his one to push politics into his movies. Yeah, as I always said, we need an actually really talented... <laughs> we need an actually talented Kevin Feige uh, to, to run. And, and apolitical to run. All right, over on Odyssey, Jacoslav says, oh, and there's a trailer for a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because we're not allowed to just call it a Christmas anymore, which also amazingly didn't look terrible, featuring Kevin Bacon as Kevin Bacon. Okay, well, I, I okay, well that, that last part intrigues me because I do like missing some Kevin Bacon, but yes, holiday special. No, 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 Christmas special. Christmas special. Because, for one thing, most... Uh, people of the Jewish faith that, that I'm aware of don't get offended by by Christmas uh, because at the same time, in the Jewish history, Hanukkah is not nearly as important of a holiday as Christmas is in Christianity. So, and, and then, of course, Kwanzaa is just completely made up, so we're not even going to count that. So as far as the actual holidays, which, by the way, fun fact, stems from the expression holy day, uh, there's only one major holy day during that time of the year, and it's Christmas. So yes, to call it the holidays, no, no, it's, it's Christmas, people. Come on. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I couldn't care less about a Kevin Bacon 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We over on Odyssey says it only took 21 astounding weeks before Top Gun Maverick was knocked out of the top 10. That is a very good point, We. That is a very, very good point. And by the way, I'm sorry. I, I, I misnamed you there. It's we. All right, back to the let's check out. Let's check out Oot. The Rumble Rants. Again, if you have a comment or question on any of the platforms, just put at Odin the very beginning of your comment. All right, back to the YouTube chat. Nathan Slay, in your opinion, has there ever been a good Superman movie to you? Uh, not one that I've ever wanted to rewatch, to be perfectly honest. I know that's going to trigger some people that are a big fan of the OG Superman movies. I'm sorry, that first one, I I just don't think it was good. Slicer says, just asking around, what is the appropriate response to your coworker getting arrested by the federal marshals? My morning was very left field. Um, I guess the best response would be to say, uh, you know, to, to, I guess to check to make sure that their rights are being respected. Is about all I can think of. Harvick says, I've seen two Dwayne Johnson movies directed by Jean Collet Serac, Jungle Cruise, and Black Adam. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that explains a lot more. So you're telling me that the director of Jungle Cruise is the director of Black Adam? That Say no more. That explains why it's a <laughs> C minus. They had some of the same problems, especially frantic pacing without enough time to breathe. And in a film that's as long as it is, there's no excuse for it. Old guard, exactly. Hail to the king, baby. Nathan, I have a soft spot for the whole Evil Dead trilogy. Personally, Army of Darkness is Sam Raimi fun right there. It's just so great to see such passion on the screen. Agreed. Agreed. Army of Darkness is just tons of fun. I love it. (laughs) Father Luca. Uh, Morax says, pre-ordered Maverick Blu-ray this morning. Thanks for the review. Hearing good things about the peripheral. Have you seen it yet? Is that the show? I've heard about it, not seen it yet myself. Uh, but yeah, glad you were able to get your Top Gun uh, Maverick uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, again, as I said, uh, most of the special features are on the Blu-ray, are also on the 4K. Uh, there's just one masterclass that Tom Cruise does from from the Cannes Film Festival. Ed, excuse me. Uh, that's not on the regular Blu-ray release. DVD doesn't have much of anything, but if you're still getting things in DVD, come on. Upgrade already to Blu-rays. They're a lot cheaper now anyway. Um, but as I mentioned, too, right, the, the 4Ks are still available in a couple ways. One, there is the two-movie edition, uh, collector's edition, of the first Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, 4K steelbooks. They're both 4K steelbooks, plus comes with a bunch of other stuff, too. You get that on Best Buy, Amazon. Uh, Best Buy, I think, actually had the cheapest. I, I want to say Best Buy had it for like 120 at one point. Um, I think the regular price is around 140 So it's a little pricey, and that doesn't come out until December. Um, but I just found out earlier, as I mentioned, there is a 4K steelbook on on Walmart that actually has its own magnetic lenticular cover. So I bought a few of those to hopefully f- uh, be able to host on giveaways in the future. Orange Chat says, context, my member chat wasn't a quote. It was a cousin who sent me a pic of their pets. They looked miserable. Ah, okay. Yeah, context is always important with me, as you all know. All right, Popcast. Now I can finally get to your Sessa Super Chat. Thank you very much for sending this 12 minutes ago. He says, well, first I'll thank you for the $10 Sessa Super Chat, saying, hey, brother, glad I caught a live stream. As far as the Zazman goes, he definitely didn't take over till the 22 merger, but he did greenlight a lot of reshoots and additional money for Black Adam and future films. 
but how much? How much? What you know? And and the other thing that people sometimes forget, whenever you get a production budget, there is normally an amount of money that is set aside or is including potential reshoots, basically. Um, again, I don't know exactly how the math on that works out, but I, I have heard that from people that I trust who also cover box office stuff. So um, so that's why the question is, okay, well, how much did the reshoots actually cost? How much of an impact did it actually have? And uh, are we talking about a change from a $180 million to a $200 million film, a $150 to $200 million film, because that also could be a, a, a major factor as well. Let's see. Hardwick says, Garrett Pilly said for months that he has reliable source at Warner Brothers who emphatically told him that Black Adam scored even worse in test screenings than Batgirl did. Dang. Well, I can't say I'm that surprised because there's definitely a lot of things to be critical of <laughs> when it comes to that movie. All righty then. Let us see. Orange High Review says, Tom Hanks' best years were the 80s and 90s. A League of Their Own will always be his best role, in my opinion. It's still a film I need to watch. It's on my list for a long time. Uh, Laura, the Modern Major General, says, Black Adam is greater than the MCU. Exactly. If we're talking about the MCU in its entirety, no doubt about it. No doubt about it whatsoever. It is miles better. Uh, Sassy. What's going on, Sassy? Welcome to the chat. Appreciate you being here. All right, let's see. Hardwick says, what are your biggest criticisms of Ant-Man and the Wasp? I've heard Gary's, but I don't remember hearing your take on it. My, so my biggest issue with the film was the quote-unquote villain. Because the the actress that plays the, the main bad in the film overacts to such a degree, it's it's cringe. The 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 amount of just you can just as you're watching it and you're seeing her performance, it's 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 a performance where you kind of have to look away saying, ah, I'm almost embarrassed for you because a director looked at what you were doing and said, Yes, give me more of that. So my biggest issue, because again, I've only saw it the one time. <laughs> So I don't have much more memory. The one thing I remember just just being the most miffed about was just how bad was it Ghost was the character? Just how bad the character of Ghost was played. It's vastly overact, uh, overacted. Um, I wouldn't even say cheesy because that would imply a, a positive element to it. It was just bad. So bad acting or at the very least really, really bad direction. Orange Hat says, I can accept the flaws in Black Adam, but I did like Sarah Shahi. Haven't seen her since Person of Interest, so it was nice to see her. Well, who is she in the movie? Uh, I don't know that name, so I can't put face to the name right away. Zinewater says, I don't think people realize just how made up Kwanzaa is. Literally just take bits and pieces from Christmas and Hanukkah and mix in generic African tradition from all over the continent. Yeah. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even take that long. It's similar to... Uh, it, it's it's similar in certain ways to the Woman King. It doesn't take long to look up the history of the Dahomey Kingdom and realize, oh, we should not be trying to create a movie that glorifies these female warriors. 
See, that's what Hollywood did, was they said, oh, let's take this story because it talks about strong women, but then let's kind of gloss over the fact that, yeah, many of these warriors were part of the enslavement of tribes around them and the selling of those slaves to the Atlantic slave trade, which, oh wait, meant that's the bad guy in the movie, right? Is the whole thing, colonialism is the evil thing, but wait a minute, they were feeding into that machine. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and let's also not for, let's also not mention the fact that they beheaded uh, the elderly of these neighboring tribes that they took over and enslaved. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, just like you can easily find out that information just by doing a quick little Google search, the same thing can be said for Kwanzaa as well. It's not hard to find out just how made up it is. Now, let me just be clear. For those that are genuine in their celebration of Kwanzaa, meaning they celebrate it as a family, they don't try to push it in anyone's face or anything like that, I have no problem with anyone celebrating it. None whatsoever. But when, and, and it's interesting how this is almost always the case. <laughs> when the white academic liberals <laughs> are trying to push this, this multiculturalism garbage of trying to act as if it's on the same level as something as rich as the history of Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights, or something as rich as the history of the birth of Jesus Christ, yeah, start to have a bit of a problem with that when you try to put them on the same level of importance. When you have two that have thousands of years of tradition, and one that was invented, what, back in the 1960s? Yeah, gonna I'm, I'm going to have some issues with that, uh, <laughs> at the very, very least. Um. But yeah, and that's why, no, it's the Christmas season. Simple as that. Soul Assassin. There's another Evil Dead movie coming out. There's supposed to be a trailer out by Halloween. I just don't care. I didn't watch the remake. Don't want to watch the remake. I just don't have any interest in it if it's not going to be coming directly from Sam Raimi and if it's not going to be trying to capture the same uh, the same magic. Abomination said, I heard from Steven Crowder that the guy who created Kwanzaa was a horrible, abusive person. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. In fact, I, I would imagine if you're going to find some anyone who's interested in the topic of the origins of Kwanzaa, I, I, I would just not be surprised because Crowder is always very good with providing resources. If you just Google search Steven Crowder on Kwanzaa, you'll probably find a lot of not just commentary, but also he'll back it up with uh, data and he'll back it up with um, links and other things that you can go to check it out to verify the information he gives. Let's see. Tom Hanks' best role. Uh, Woody, the cowboy doll. Nathan Slay, you know what? That is out of the box, and I appreciate it. And I probably agree. Yeah, absolutely. One of his best roles by far is is his voice work on Toy Story. Um, I always go back to... I'm trying to think of my favorite Tom Hanks role. I know it's cliche to say Forrest Gump, but I do think he was great in it. I mean, he gave a really great performance. Um, and I'm sure if I had a list of his filmography in front of me, I would say, oh, wait a minute. No, yeah, as I said, if I had a list of his filmography, I know for a fact there's movies that I'm, mi- uh, the, there's movies that I'm missing, and I actually have one right next to me. All right, one of his most underrated mo- one of his most underrated roles and by far I think one of the most underrated Steven Spielberg movies right here, Catch Me If You Can. Oh my goodness, I love this movie. And uh yeah. This Tom Hanks. This this is good Tom Hanks. 
Instead of the, we are both like little children and I'm just going to be creepy, but not just creepy, I'm going to overact and do all this silly stuff. That's turning, in, turning into Tommy Wiseau for a second. Jerry, uh, Jared Thorne, what's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Jurassic Park. By the way, catching up with the chat, which is perfect as we are right around the end of the show. Let's see. Abomination says, yeah, and not just Wikipedia articles. Yes, this is true. However, as I always uh, like to tell people, Wikipedia is not a terrible resource if you go to the actual sources being cited and verify those. <laughs> because sometimes there's some pretty good stuff there. But you got to know what you're looking for. Hardwick. Sarah Shai's character in Black Adam is uh, Adriana Tomaz. The mother, she's the comic book super heroine Isis, although they didn't give her an origin story in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the mother in the film who leads the uprising with her son, she was okay. I didn't, I didn't think her acting was that much to write home about. I, I do remember the, the, the young actor that played the son who was terrible. And again, I don't want to tear down a young actor that way, but I'm also going to be honest that the performance was not very good. And I think that especially now in the era of shows like stranger things, the excuse of, well, they're a young actor. It does not work because if that, if that's the excuse, okay, then how is it that you have in shows like stranger things, a bunch of really talented young actors, or you even go back to some of the early, I go back to another young, young actor in the film room, uh, not the room, but room with Brie Larson. Yes, I know people maybe don't like me talking about that movie, but Jacob Tremblay in that movie. Holy crap. Insanely talented. So you can't tell me that there was not someone out there that could have actually given some real emotional weight to that character and given a good performance to boot. Rob D. What's a holiday you feel is underrepresented in film and television for me and St. Patrick's Day? Oh, absolutely, Rob D. And it's not that it's underrepresented. It's misrepresented. Because people think St. Patrick's Day, it's all about wearing green and pretending that you're Irish and, and drinking a lot and getting drunk. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's the Feast of St. Patrick. It is a Catholic feast day. And, and we need to take it back. Harwick says, I assume she's going to become Isis in a later movie. I would not be surprised if that were the case. Maybe she'll show more emotional range at that point. Uh, Dan Blackroyd, no, I, I don't give representation to a <laughs> to a to a holiday that was created from Seinfeld. Has has even uh, less less history time wise than, than Kwanzaa. Though I will say this much, I think that uh, I think that Festivus has much more legitimacy than Kwanzaa. I will at least go that far. <laughs> I also do appreciate people like Rand Paul who every year for Festivus does his list of grievances. I do think that that is absolutely a, a funny one. But not one to be taken seriously, obviously. But I, I do appreciate the, the reference to, <laughs> to it. All right. So we are just about at the end of the show. So let me just get any last second comments here. Joseph the Redshirt says, The Dinner Bell has rung be seeing you. Yeah. Uh, the Ice Cream Bell has run for me. Bridge of Spies, good movie. Okay, Slicer, 
Good shout. Very, very good shout. Very, very, very good shout. Absolutely. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, I thought St. Patrick's was all about Guinness and Green Dye, number five. <laughs> you make me sick. Forever Sci-Fi, you make me sick. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, anyway, that is going to be a wrap for tonight's show, everybody. I want to say uh, thank you to everyone for your love and for your support tonight. And as a reminder, Black Adam, will it make its money back or will it be a financial flop? Tune in this coming Sunday if I'm able to. As I said, I'll be very busy as I'm uh, right now, unless unless something crazy happens. I'm driving down to Orlando Sometimes Saturday afternoon, getting in late afternoon, early evening. So I don't know exactly what will be going on Saturday evening, but I will. I'm planning to right now, planning to be at the meetups, be going to mass first thing in the morning. It'll be the Feast of Christ the King this Sunday. So very, very important feast. I think Orlando, unfortunately, does not have any Latin masses, but there was, I believe it was Orlando, where there was an English ordinariate mass. So very excited um, to, to be able to go back to that place because uh, that the beautiful, beautiful church and beautiful congregation um so that'll be the first thing that i do and then there are the two meetups so uh make sure if you haven't signed up already i think it was the first one that may have had some spots left open but uh my plan is either to leave halfway through the second meetup or right literally right at the the end of the the second one um and so if you're gonna be down there let me uh let me know if you're in the um if you're in my discord or anything like that and you're gonna be down there let me know. Would, would love to be able to meet my Asgardian uh, family members down there, of course, as well as the Friday Night Tights and Geeks, Geeks and Gamers crew as well. But it's, again, a special place in my heart for my for my Asgardians as well. So uh, with all of that being said, uh, yeah, I should hopefully see y'all on Friday Night Tights. I know that the boys are going to be uh, live together. Um, I'm hoping that there will be a live stream link for for as and and for me and for anyone else who's not going to be there yet so um that's my hope so i should be on friday night tights this week we'll have to wait and see whether or not uh they're able to technologically make that work because obviously sometimes uh when you're on the road technological issues can come in so friday night tights uh should be on then no saturday stream so no saturday evening stream as i will be traveling and then i shall see some of y'all on sunday for the meetup in orlando and I will, of course, post on social media if for any reason I can't go. So make sure you follow me on Locals or Discord as those are the primary ways of communication since I said screw you to um, to social media. And, uh, yeah, thank you all. Again, smash the like button, loud the fire button, and uh, smash the rumble button as well. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday, a blessed Tuesday at that, a blessed Feast of Saint uh isidore the farmer and uh as always everybody god bless and now for a huge special shout out to all of my locals patreon and subscribe star members at the keeper of the bifrost level and above starting off with patreon father luca illick garrett searles joe horn jaime ari heimason jeff toon jonathan carney laura the modern major general story 
Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out over on YouTube at the channel with the same name. Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel called Eagle Rider. And Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel by the same name. Thank y'all very much, my Patreon supporters. And also for my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, who you can check out over on Twitch at Matt317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK-Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, For the Win, J.H. Schwalbach, and the great lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for your support. If you would like for your name to be shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, please make sure to check out the top link in the video description where you can sign up over on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. You get access to things not only like shoutouts, but also to giveaways of 4Ks and Blu-rays, an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger every single month, and also the Chosen of Valhalla live stream for my Chosen of Valhalla members, which we do once a month, and it is a lot of fun. So all of this and plenty of more content, check out those links in the link tree in that top comment down below. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. A blessed October to everyone out there. Blessed month of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as always, God bless.